0: You know what I'm remembering to do today? What? Actually sign my page. Oh, hey. You mean the reason that we do the podcast? <laughs> yes. The reason we do the podcast. Yes. We're getting very close to 50,000, everybody.
1: I'm at 48,900. 48,900 copies of Words of Radiance. Words of Radiance. This, this is how much I pay attention <laughs> yes. Which bookers? Though
0: I do think I need to go to like 53 for misprints and things like that mm-hmm. to get 50,000. and dents and yeah. stuff. So. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, yay. So we're nearing the end of this. I think Kara told me once I'm finished, I will start doing Way of Kings leather bounds just for those who've been waiting on a signed mm-hmm. edition of those. So. Cool.
1: It feels like we're nearing the end of something else too, but I, yeah. I can't Is this place it?: this episode special for some reason? You don't have Coke. I don't have Coke. I have Topo Chico. Uh, that must be it. Who's That's also a- not paying us for product placement. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody pays us for product placement. I mean, technically, you pay me for myself placement. That's true. Are you a product? <laughs> yes. Yes. I've commoditized my art. What about me? Sold out to the man. If I'm selling out by signing my name 50,000 <laughs> times across yep. a year space. Yeah. Every financially successful artist is a sellout. That's just how the industry works. Anyway. Do you have a food heist for me? Oh, you want a food heist, do you? I do want a food heist. Look how I've trained you to want food heists. (laughs) I know. I used to not think they were cool, and And now I can't not get enough of them. I have a food heist for you. Okay. So,
0: six busted in $1 million dairy theft. Dairy. This is awesome. Let me tell you about how awesome this is. Okay. So there are people who work at, uh, you know, milk product delivery Mm -hmm. service. And what they were doing is they were making it so that extra milk was put into the trucks. Then they would go on delivery and they would take some
1: of it and drop it off for themselves. So they were like just stacking extra milk or they were falsifying the orders? They were falsifying the orders and putting extra in, right? Right. That's Uh, great because that means that this meets, like, the heist criteria of they've got a hacker on the team. So, listen, the police
0: called this organized crime. Organized milk crime. The milk mafia. (laughs) Right? Let me read (laughs) you some of this. This is so great. So, according to police, the suspects were all employees of Island Dairy, a milk distributor that worked with MacArthur Dairy, a milk and dairy products company. Okay. So, they systematically pilfered $925,000 worth of milk, along with $350,000 worth of crates. The crates? Yes, the crates. <laughs> the um, crates are worth like a third of the value of the heist. So, they would manipulate the ordering system, causing extra dairy products to be loaded onto the trucks. Then the trucks would go drop off the extras and come back empty, having done all of their rounds, right? So this is
1: amazing. This is We've got a hacker. Yes. They've got like the face yeah. con mm-hmm. person, yeah. the yeah. grifter, yeah. And then a bunch of like legwork people. This is a like mastermind a mastermind somewhere, the Milk Don. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the d- the Dairy, dairy dawn. Don clearly uh, is better. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We both oh. went there. I'm I'm proud
0: of us both. <laughs> okay. Yes, the Dairy Don the and dairy the Milk Mafia. Don. Ooh. That's awesome. Ooh. This is a new exciting chapter. In the food heist lore. Whoever sent this to me, thank you very much. This is the best one we've had in a little while.
1: I love this idea. Well, you know, this is, I don't want to discount the gator ranch, which we had recently. Mm -hmm. I like that we've moved from isolated theft into, you know, the organized gator ranching scheme and Mm -hmm. now the organized milk ranching scheme. Yeah,
0: I mean, you can't really get better than this. When I was reading it, I'll admit I was imagining giant tankers full of dairy <laughs> of milk <laughs> that they would go and deliver via a spigot which is a little cooler in my head mm-hmm. but
1: then i reread and realized no they're boxes of milk just cuz you know, if it's milk, already milk, packaged milk yeah. then i get to imagine like a 1950s milkman mm, putting it on the porch <laughs> uh, just of the dairy don <laughs> yeah putting it on the yeah. dairy don's
0: porch yes, and yes. kissing his ring or whatever uh-huh. yeah yeah that's wonderful and his ring is one of those little plastic bands that you get off the top of your milk <laughs> Your milk jug. So it's what the Dairy
1: Don wears. So in Mm. Food Heist Prison, are those the two main gangs that you have to join when you get in? Boy. Are you with the Dairy Don and the Milk Mafia, or Uh are you with the Gator Ranchers in the bayou? Well, we got to come up with a good name for the Gator Ranchers then, right? Yeah. I mean, the... The Gator Guys. The, the Gator Guys? The Gator Guys. That sounds like a, the a gator bad rooting service. Goons. The Gator Goons. That's way
0: <laughs> Yeah, we got it. The Gator Goons or the Milk Mafia? The Gator Goons and the Milk Mafia. And then moving in between them is this mysterious figure known only as the groundskeeper who, <laughs> you know, this is the guy you go to that you can get the stuff you need, like mm-hmm. your you know yeah. coffee
1: grounds yeah i mentioned this to you mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago there was a second groundskeeper strike yeah you in did england there was a mm-hmm. second cadbury cream egg theft it yeah. wasn't as big as the other one mm-hmm. but uh, man the prison was not able to hold him for long no no well the groundskeeper in and out doing his thing
0: got to plant those cadbury eggs got to. Got to grow yourself some nice slime eggs. Mm-hmm. If you'll remember, that's what my children call them. Slime eggs. Slime eggs. Kathy's fault.
1: So yeah, there we are. Pretty, so, uh, so pretty great food pre- heist. I need to ask this question, and mm-hmm. I apologize in advance if it is somehow racist against Italians. Mm-hmm. What about the Gator Goombas? <laughs> Tell us in the comments if Gator Goombas...
0: Is because uh, like,
1: that's more of a mafia word. That is, that is a mafia word. But I word. don't know if that's yeah.
0: an epithet or not. Right, right. I mean, we could just say they're the gator Goombas, meaning mushroom people. That's yeah. thematically appropriate, mm-hmm. right? Are Goombas actual mushrooms? Like, are any of the people actual fungus in Super Mario? Like, is Toad a I
1: fungi? don't... He's a very fun guy, but I yes. don't know if biologically speaking he is. I don't know any lore of Mario. Because they wear those hats that look like fungus, right? But they eat But they're mushrooms. also like their own head, yeah. aren't they? I don't know. I think Do they head. eat mushrooms? I thought they just ate Mario flowers. Mario eats mushrooms. He eats flowers. No, he eats mushrooms. When does he eat a mushroom? Dan. <laughs> Dan. I haven't played anything past Super Mario Brothers 2. Dan. And Mario Kart, I guess. But they don't eat mushrooms yes, in Mario they Kart. they do.
0: When? How does Mario get to be Big Mario, Dan?
1: Oh, shoot. You're right. <laughs> that is a mushroom, huh? What
0: is the single most iconic power-up in the history
1: of gaming? Well, he... Throws fireballs out of his nose by doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah, I'm sure that we'll do a poll. What is more associated with Mario? The mushroom, which is, like I say, probably the single most iconic power up in the history of gaming. The fire flower is fine,
1: yeah, but. I guess. That's why I never played past Super Mario Brothers 2, because then they added the raccoon suit, the tanuki the suit. And I'm suit like, was awesome. this, is, this is not my Mario.
0: So Mario Brothers I actually too, don't
1: care. Didn't even have.
0: Any suits or things like that? No, it didn't have anything. Uh, I don't think even had. Did it have fire flowers? I don't think it even did. It because, had the fire flowers. Did it? Because it wasn't a Mario game when it was first built. It was reskinned to be Mario. Was it? Yeah. It's oh. a it's a famous story. It's actually really cool. Mario takes off. Super Mario Brothers. They have this other game in Japan about people who throw vegetables at bad guys. And they're like, "What if this were a Mario what game if instead?" This were Mario. And so they reskinned all of I the not, not textures, the sprites. Okay. Uh, and made the four characters. This is why Princess Peach. It's the most awesome Princess Peach one because she's like a main character yeah. and goes and fights the bad guy. It's why Bowser's not in it. It's a different villain mm-hmm. entirely. Different um, thing. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was called.
1: Yeah, Adam, I, I remember somebody mm-hmm. online was making fun of everyone. Mm-hmm. freaking out about the movie because yeah. there's always a crowd that's like wait one of your main characters is a woman who can accomplish things yes this is terrible and woke and blah blah since when has princess peach been a main character and we're like the 80s yes
0: yeah, like Brothers i played
1: too. that game she was the best character she could float Mm-hmm. yep so so how does donkey kong fit into this because he what? was also Mario, wasn't he? So Donkey Kong. But like a uh, retconned Mario or something? No, no. Don- so in Donkey Kong, it's Jumpman
0: was his name. It's okay. always meant to be the same character, but it was the first. They just called him Jumpman. And Donkey Kong, known in the community as Cranky Kong. Cranky Kong. Yes, because Donkey Kong is the grandfather of the current Donkey Kong or the father. Hmm. He's Cranky Kong. Okay. And if you play the Donkey Kong games, there's an old... Donkey Kong who sits in the corner and grumbles, that's Cranky Kong. That's the Donkey Kong who stole Pauline, I believe. That's the Kong who's in the first who's in Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. And okay. Jumpman renamed Mario when they did Mario Brothers, which I don't know if you ever played. Did you play Mario Brothers? Not, I did, not Super. Oh, no. I okay. did not play a normal Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers was an interesting game. This is where he became a plumber because Mario Brothers where the turtles and things show up. It was just a single static screen. Mm-hmm. and you could play mario or green mario um, <laughs> and monsters came out of tubes crabs and turtles and you hit them from below they flip over then you jump up and kick them off and that, that was it that does sound familiar yep I played that a ton. I only played regular Donkey Kong. I played it a decent amount, but by the time I was going to arcades, Mario Brothers was one of the the hot games. Yeah. So, I was playing Mario Brothers and then Super Mario Brothers is for the Nintendo. Now, it's possible that my timeline is a little inaccurate. It's possible that they had Super Mario Brothers in development and they released this other game, just regular Mario Brothers. But maybe I don't think that's the way it was. I think that because at least for me, I played Mario Brothers in the arcade and then I bought a Nintendo for my 11th birthday and got Super Mario Brothers. So there you go. There is Brandon's off the cup. I have not researched this (laughs) history of Mario. I am
1: very impressed regardless, because like I said, I don't know any lore of Mario except Mm. that like, yeah, there was a game where they threw carrots at each other. What was it called? The Princess Peach game? No, the game, Super Mario Bros. 2. If you look up Super Mario Bros. 2,
0: it'll tell you what it originally was. Now, Super Mario Bros. 3 has a famous story associated with it, too. Did you ever go see The Wizard?
1: No, but I am familiar with the commercials for The Wizard. The Wizard being the movie with Fred with Savage? Fred Savage. Yes. And the kid who used the power glove yep. because it was so bad or whatever. Yes.
0: So, um, in that movie, which I was there, opening day... For that movie, Mm -hmm. the whole idea is there's a contest to be the best Nintendo game player, right? Yeah. And they're holding a big contest, and it's a road trip movie about, you know, older brother Fred Savage and his savant younger brother who can play all games really well, and they need to bond. And they travel cross-country with a a girl who's, like, romantically potentially involved with Fred Savage. And there's, like, a villain for a reason I can't remember— Chasing them for whatever reason. Stories need
1: conflicts. Yes, a bunch of
0: kids running off to go, and they go, and the younger brothers practiced all the video games. I haven't seen this since I was like Mm -hmm. you know twelve, but knows all the video games. He's an expert in all the video games. But at the end for the championship, they bring out a new
1: game, (gasps) and it's Super Mario Brothers three. Three. Yes, and so. Yeah, it's a road trip movie. Yes, about two brothers, one of whom yes. is a savant. Yes, is it a direct prequel to Rain Man, or is it just it's the, the same inspiration movie of?
0: as Rain Man? Almost. I mean, okay. straight up, straight down to the older brother exploiting. But in Rain, Rain, Rain Man, man it's he's a younger brother. Yeah. But the brother who instigates the road trip, exploiting the other one for fame and fortune, basically the same movie. Yeah,
1: you and I have
0: younger brothers. Yeah, who hasn't exploited I mean, them? It's what you do? Yeah, man. Gordo, what is Jordo a savant in, though? What can I exploit Giordo in? His 3D printing prowess. Jordo's pretty at good that. at 3D printing. I exploit him in that regard.
1: Okay. But,
0: yeah, it's actually really funny because at the end of the thing, the big climax, they're like, can he beat the other people and things like that? And they bring out Super Mario Bros. 3. And I was super excited. I was watching every moment of Mm -hmm. Super Mario Brothers three because I wanted to play Super Mario Brothers three, which is the Tanuki one and it is fantastic. And you are you're missing out if you don't play Super Mario Brothers three. I
1: have at some point played Mm -hmm. a level or two of it. I mean, I was Ben's roommate in college. Right. It's gonna happen. I don't remember it well. But they have this thing where he discovers
0: the warp gates, the equivalent of those warp gates. Mm -hmm. And after I played the game, I'm like there's no way you're first time playing this. It's not a matter of being a savant. You have to like hit this little block at the end, hit a specific way. Like it's completely dumb luck, right? There's Mm -hmm. no skill that you could know that this would lead you to the warp gates to the end. And he discovers them. And as a kid, I was like, this is such an enormous plot hole. I can't believe that they did this. It was like the first time I can remember as a kid being like, I'm the, mo- the movie is now what dead to me. This is ruined. The movie and is Brandon ruined. Brandon
1: Sanderson became an author. Yes. Specifically because of the trauma he suffered at the hands of the wizard.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh boy. I think the movie must be terrible. I don't know. I watched it when I was 12, but I really liked it when I was 12. Okay. So. Except that one part.
1: Except that one part. It was dead to me, it's
0: gone forever. Did you have like a video game system? Were you like uh, a- we had
1: mm-hmm. an original Nintendo. Okay. And we had Tetris, which we played mm-hmm. Ad nauseum. We had a hockey game, the one where you could choose the big guy, the normal guy, or the skinny guy. Oh, I guy. had that too, yeah. I loved that game. Yeah, that was a good game. And then we borrowed from friends Final Fantasy 2 and then Final Fantasy 3, which was actually Final Fantasy 6. Yep. Which is still to this day one of my very favorite video games of all time. Wait, you like a good video game? I'm sorry. I know I've
0: failed us all. (laughs) Dan, the <laughs> Final Fantasy VI is universally
1: acclaimed. It is. It's beloved it's by the fantastic. community. It is actually my favorite Final Fantasy game. I know okay. ten. Ten is my favorite. It is a yeah. lot of people's favorite. Mm-hmm. I know seven is a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, I still like six. Six is fantastic. It is legitimately
0: fantastic. Voice acting is what made it for me. Like those games, I mm-hmm. played for the story. I can't do it anymore. Just the gameplay isn't fun. Like gameplay has gotten so good. Like back in the day, gameplay was, you know, like there were the standouts. Like the Mario games, I can go back and play Mm -hmm. any of the Mario games even back to one and the gameplay is good. But if you go back to like three, that era, like three in Super Mario World, like the control over the characters and things, it feels like as responsive as a modern game. It's just a delight to play. That's awesome. But a lot of games that we played did not have very good gameplay. I'll just, it's just the limitations. The the hockey one that I adore? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's a terrible game. Terrible game. But I loved it. Yeah. Because it was fun. Yeah.
0: In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in the land of 8-bit gaming systems, you take what you can get, right? And I had an original Atari and a 2600. And the games you could play on those were so bad that getting anything that was remotely (laughs) fun was another story, so. Yeah. You weren't part of the console wars, were you then? You didn't identify as like a Nintendo no, household?
1: No, no. That was the, the last console that we owned until I became a father and we got an Xbox for my kids. Okay. Or I think we got a Wii first. But either way, yeah, I was never a console gamer. Mm. I thought that it was going to change my world. And then I just got into PC gaming instead. Yeah, which is legit. Yeah.
0: I've owned a lot of consoles because I bought that Nintendo. I've told the story before, mm. but I bought it on in, vacation On vacation, and brought it back just before my birthday. And then my dad got me Legend of Zelda for my birthday, whenever that was released. And so, yeah, ever since then, I then bought a Super Nintendo like immediately. But the thing is, I then went to college. And so suddenly I was poor. <laughs> right? Yes. Suddenly, I didn't have parents, you know, buying things for me. They're like, well, mm-hmm. you're off on your own. And so suddenly it's like, oh, I can't afford a new console. Well, all right then. So, GameCube and N64, I think those are inverse, I didn't get to play. Oh. So, a lot of people talk about the fantastic games on those two consoles and nothing. Missed um, them completely, huh? Missed them completely. And then I picked it back up on PS1 when I could afford consoles and games again. Yeah.
1: So well there you go it was actually ben more than anyone that made me the pc gamer mm. because he introduced me to warcraft mm-hmm. and dune oh right the old uh, uh, strategy the game. old strategy was the rts games Microprose, whoever made that yeah that was a i good think it was micro pros because they went on game. to do command and conquer yeah mm-hmm. but yeah so hooray
0: we probably shouldn't talk too much more about video games because we just did an episode on you, we, video yeah. games. Yeah, so do you want
1: a bad story idea instead? Oh, I would love a bad story idea. Oh, these are these are rare gems Thanks. when you come I'm, up with I'm these. excited about this one okay. because I think it's really bad. I Great. think it has potential, Uh-huh. but I think everything has potential. Mm. So you know how in Superman, he's from another planet, and yep. when he comes to our planet, the specific radiation that he gets from the yellow sun... Grants him superpowers. Yes. Okay.
0: As is what happens with different shades and varieties yeah. of
1: radiation. So, and maybe for all I know, they've already done this in Superman. And, and mm. this is not only a bad, but a, an old idea. Mm-hmm. What if Earthlings, humans from Earth, are the opposite? That we inherently have superpowers. But the yellow sun <laughs> negates them somehow oh, and dampens them. I So like when we discover, finally, interstellar mm-hmm. travel and we get other places, we're like, wait a minute. All of a sudden, we're all incredibly godlike beings.
0: See, I think it's probably more interesting if you come up with a specific power <laughs> that we would all like to have. Because then you'd be like, oh, those humans... They're the people who can, you know, grow extra limbs or things like this, right? Like, <laughs> what is the yellow sun keeping in check that would burst out of us that we can only discover if someone goes and travels to the dark travels side of the moon somewhere for a little while? Like, and is like, wait a your minute. Your story begins with the, you know, people have done passes, but they're like, we're going to put a person on the dark side of the moon. They're going to stay there for three days. And then, turns out. And then turns out. Hey, guess what? You're going to have to explain how, you know, people who. This is who- weird. Stay inside all the time like me. Don't develop these.
1: now that you're putting it in those terms, I'm like, well, let's take one of Superman's powers like laser vision. Mm -hmm. And they keep finding that everyone they send to this dark side of the moon colony is dead (laughs) with two holes burned into their space helmet. I mean, they're like, crap, this happened again. What's wrong with our space helmets? Isn't laser vision
0: interesting where it's like no part of your body would be actually more likely than another to shoot out lasers. Right. Mm -hmm. But laser vision just seems natural to us that if a part of our body, we're going to shoot out, you know, bursts of heat, it would, I guess, be our eyes. If I were physiologically building someone to eject and emit dangerous heat, I would not pick the eyes. You'd blind yourself every time. Yeah. Right. You'd be able to aim well.
1: Which might be what they're going for, yeah, right? Yeah, I suppose you could it's aim it's a point-and-click well. yeah, system. It is a point-and-click system. That is pretty natural. Whereas if it came out of your toes, yeah. you would miss
0: all the time. But isn't he lucky that it comes out of his eyes? That that's the specific power? Like, what if it came out of his ears? Right? It's like, just a minute, just a minute,
1: stand right there. <laughs> you know, the first Superman's time it Superman's <laughs> primary power is spinning around in a circle like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> Flying into the middle of a group of enemies and being like, everyone hold still. Does the Wonder Woman spin? Yeah. And he's like, stop ducking. <laughs> and he has to like do this while he's spinning.
0: <laughs> Suddenly he's a disco moves. He's like on roller skates, like doing the, doing the thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this, so is, this is the superpower we get. We
1: shoot lasers yeah. from our ears. If we are released <laughs> off of the planet it's, Earth. <laughs> it's Star Trek, except... We're all like disco laser weed whackers. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you brought a human? Oh, man. They're the worst. Can I stand in front or behind him, please? <laughs> that, I don't want to stand next you to You almost got like a Japanese light novel title there. <laughs> it's like Star Trek, except humans are all disco laser weed whackers. We got to put it into first person. Yes. I was the captain of a starship, but when I got to the Klingon's homeworld, it turns out I shoot lasers out of my ears. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's We're there's so our novel. <laughs> there's our novel. Wow. Coming in 2024 from Dragon Steel <laughs> Entertainment. Light novel. I've never read an actual light novel. Neither have I. Mm-hmm. I love their naming conventions so yes. much. I should read one at some point.
0: Yeah. I keep meaning to. I don't read a ton of manga, but I was doing research for a project, and so I read mm-hmm. some a few chapters. Or a few issues, I guess it would be that were based on light novels. I think I talked about one of them on the podcast. Probably, I, I the think so. I was born as a slime. Yeah, thing. I think that was originally a light novel. If not, I read some others that were, but I've never actually read a light novel.
1: Well, anyone out there that reads light novels, recommend some that you think we will like. Yes, yeah.
0: preferably ones that have been translated into English.
1: Yes, that would be great. <laughs> that would be, or preferable. or Spanish if that's a thing i don't know if that's a thing Mm. Do you ever sell a book in japan no i never have i'm not a serial killer came out in taiwan okay yeah and i think that is the only east asian country that i've ever sold a book into japan has their own long and proud literary tradition but Mm -hmm. a very specifically strong robust horror tradition in Mm. literature and so they don't tend to buy a lot of other people's horror or at least they didn't 15 years ago when I was trying to sell serial killer. So same with fantasy. I have sold yeah. but like
0: they are not best sellers and very hard to find in Japan.
1: Yeah. So yeah. They don't need our fiction. They got their own. <laughs> yeah. You ever been? <laughs> no, the furthest east I have gone on this planet is uh, Istanbul and only in the airport. Okay. And the uh-huh. furthest west I have gone is Hawaii. Okay. So there's vast portions of the world uh-huh. that I still have yet to visit and I would like to very much. Mm. I told my Japan story, right? Yes. Yeah. Where you like got stuck, stuck there. By lightning. A, yeah, yeah. And got to spend time, which mm-hmm. sounds great. I would love to. My dad used to live in Japan mm. and I, I think it would be fun. Taiwan, also delightful. Yeah. I think I talked about that before as well. I mm-hmm. highly
0: recommend a visit to Taiwan if you can make it. Though so one of our co-workers,
1: Emma, his family lives in Singapore. I know. And Singapore has I... been on my list of mm-hmm. top places I need to visit ever since I saw Crazy Rich Asians, which I mm-hmm. love very much. And Then, you know, I met Emma, and we became very good friends. We gave each other Christmas presents. Nice. And then her parents were here last week, and I got to meet them. And they immediately told me, hey, when you come to Singapore, we'll show you around. So now I've got all the more reason to go to Singapore. Having guides, like, makes
0: it so much more fun to visit. Mm -hmm. When you have someone who can show you around. I had that in Taiwan. It was my editor and my translator, actually, But they took Emily and me around. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: Mm -hmm. My publicist in France, have I told Mm -hmm. you this? Mm. My one big Paris tour, I've been a couple of times, but the one big book tour that had a book fair and signings and everything. Mm -hmm. She was so, her name's Fabienne. She's fantastic. And where, Um, this was in Paris. This was in Paris. She was so astonished that over the course of the week, I never drank any alcohol. And made me promise that if at any point in my life I decide I am going to drink alcohol, yes. I need to invite her to be there. Okay. And I made that promise. So hmm. I don't intend to ever do that. But if I do, Fabienne, I have had wonderful experiences in France
0: every time I've gone. yeah, I've had wonderful experiences in Paris. And people complain about Paris because Parisians, I think we've talked about, a little like New Yorkers, can be a little blunt sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have found them delightful. But... I find New Yorkers amusing. I enjoy New Yorkers. So
1: have you ever done a tour in Hungary? I have never done a tour in Hungary. Outside of Germany, which where I lived and would live again, given mm-hmm. the opportunity. Yeah. Hungary is my very favorite place in Europe. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Incredible food, wonderful things to see. I like the culture and the people and the everything. I have been invited
0: and haven't been able to make it. Emily, there are certain like places she really wants to go. And it's like, I don't want to go if I can't take my wife. Yeah. Right. But I should have just said yes. Right. But yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. I would love to go there. I mean, touring in Europe is a very different experience than touring in the States. And it's delightful. The States is nice because people will travel to see you. And you can have like a book signing and Mm -hmm. it will be a big event. But in France, all the ones I've been to have been festivals. I have done a few signings, American style, but they find them novel because they're like American style. Mm -hmm. Most of the ones I've done in France have been go to this festival, be on paneling. The whole city shuts down and it's this nice like festival town where they're celebrating fantasy and science fiction. Basically... Like, I get the impression, tell me if I'm wrong, people from France, but it feels like each community gets a certain amount of money from the government. Be like, pick a thing and have a festival. It'll be, you know, good. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it worked, yeah. And there's three or four of them that are festivals. And the whole town participates. It's kind of like we talked about Onion Days here. Mm-hmm. Like there, it's, hey, fantasy. This is our thing. Everybody come and we'll have fantasy authors yeah. and have a big party and things like that. And that was really fun. Mm-hmm. Every time. I've done it four or five times in France. In France. There's one in Nantes. The outskirts. There's one called Imaginales. There's one in Epinal. So, yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Germany, though, has its own, right? Germany has lots of awesome stuff. But it has, like, actual book tour things.
1: Yeah. They're Um, different, though. They're more like, at least when Mm -hmm. I've done them, they've been more like traditional book tour and book signing kind of things. I didn't have the same... I mean, outside of the two huge book fairs, Leipzig Mm -hmm. and, and Frankfurt, I never had in Germany the kind of little book festival thing that i would see in other countries yeah germany Um, seems
0: more like america in its book but it's still the odd thing not odd but it was still this kind of like you get a ticket and you go and it's an evening it's more mm -hmm. like the uk version i found
1: even the book signings Mm -hmm. like if there's a book signing at a bookstore people buy tickets and it's a much more formal event and i think tell me if i'm wrong don't
0: the bookstores sometimes like they pay you to come or something like that or you pay them
1: i can't remember no i I never had to pay to go maybe they pay you they might pay you something um, like that 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 sounds very german Mm -hmm. but like to the point where i couldn't offer to just sign shelf stock in germany because that's not the way it's done they're like are you asking us to pay you money no i'm not i just want to sign these for free i did it anyway nobody does it in europe (laughs) You don't just <laughs> sign
0: and leave things. The poor Phanoc mm-hmm. in Paris, like as my notoriety has grown, mm-hmm. so has the desire to get these books that I sign certain places, yeah. right? Because I will often doodle in them and I'll often write, you know, brandalized, this date, this location. Yeah. They become little collector's items. Mm-hmm. Um, so these days when I go, I say to the bookstore, I say, I will post this on social media if you want me to. You might not want me to. And they're like, yes, post it on What are you talking about? <laughs> post it fine. on social media. Mm-hmm. They, they was they, a bad decision, huh? They, it's usually, let's just say, last time I did it in New York mm-hmm. at a kind of smaller bookstore, they're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> there were three satellites of that store, mm-hmm. and all of their managers hated me because the one where I signed them, their phone system crashed oh, and people started calling the other two stores like in a panic trying to get the books Mm. and I crashed all three stores' phone systems in New York. I'm sorry about that, dear booksellers, but also that's very funny. But I need to be a little extra cautious about this. Same thing happened to Fanac in Paris. Did you do that when we were in Manhattan last year? I did that. That Uh, was that was the little one that we went to. That we went to. Yeah. So we crashed their phone systems, and you were there. Yeah, you. I was there. You were there. They they didn't have any of
1: my books on the shelf, Mm -hmm. so I don't mind you crashing.
0: They told me I could I could post it. Right. Uh They were like, "Yeah, it's not a big deal. It'll be fine." And it was not fine. It was not fine. It was mass chaos. Buy
1: something from them, though. So that's Mm. that's my
0: contribution. Yes. So, Taiwan story taiwan story we're just kind of rambling this episode it it, it's a special episode because we're rambling in your special all
1: tangents all tangents yeah it's it's the oops all tangents episode yes unless we've already done that we have but it's another one (laughs) okay you know it's becoming rare that we have a topic Speaking of which we never talked about the table we did we mentioned it we referred to the table we said it was we did not discuss the table in any depth but that's okay It can remain mysterious. My favorite story from Taiwan. So in Taiwan, I was Mm -hmm. taken
0: to one of the local temples, right? And I'm trying to remember what sect it was, but one of the local... Was hmm, what would it have been? Oh, it was a Buddhist temple, so mm-hmm. it was Buddhist. It was it was absolute Buddhist. Yeah. Okay. So when it was Buddhist temple, I'm there at the Buddhist temple with my editor and my translator, and we're looking around it. It's a it's a tourist site. You can go right. And they were telling me things. One cool thing is each of the like the deities there that they have each have. Man, they were doing things for the deities. It might not be Buddhist. Look up religious (laughs) composition of Taiwan for me, if you would. I want to get this right. I think it Mm -hmm. might have been Buddhist still, because Buddhists are trying to escape the chains of mortality and rebirth, but Mm -hmm. the gods are trapped in that, and they do exist. Regardless, my translators tell me what- So, hmm. contemporary Taiwan is predominantly a mixture of Buddhist and Taoist- with 93% yeah. of the population identifying with these traditions, My only 4.5% identified yeah. as Christian. Yeah, might have been doubt. Dawe- I, I don't know. Anyway, one of the cool things isn't mm-hmm. the, the cool, but the, one of the cool things was said. You know, each of the gods has a day associated with it, mm-hmm. and if you're born on that god's day, you need to come, make an offering, and pray so that they don't get jealous that you're stealing a little bit of their thunder. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of this opposite of the way. It's like, it's the God's day. You kind of offend them by being born and having like celebrations of your day. So you need to make sure that they feel okay about that. But the other really cool thing was we passed. and I said, oh, who's that? And they're like, oh, that's one of the Hindu gods. I'm like, oh, do you worship them? They're like, no, no, no. They're not, not part of our religion. I'm like, but there's a shrine to them right there. They're like, well, they might visit, right? And if they visit... Well, we want a nice shrine for them, just in case yeah. not the feels yeah, not the Hindu people, the Hindu gods, if they come mm-hmm. to have a nice shrine for them. Like that, yeah. that's
1: really considerate. It is. I like that. That's really nice. I've always thought just in case we're right, mm-hmm. TM would be like a wonderful slogan for a church. <laughs> uh,
0: Pascal's wager, the church. Yeah. Yeah. Sound.
1: That's great. Hey, so I think I've figured out why this is a a special episode. Oh, go ahead. This is our 100th episode.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm Ah, you mean we have been
1: going on tangents
0: for two years, almost?
1: Almost. I I suppose technically the 104th episode would be the anniversary. So. But 100 feels awesome. Feels awesome. So what we are going to do is I came up with
0: an idea. Okay. I do this sometimes. I'm excited to hear it. Everybody kind of just deals with my, my ideas. Sometimes they're good. <laughs> sometimes they're... We want to hold a bracket. And I would like to start bracket. it on the 104th episode. Okay. As our two-year anniversary. We'll see if we get on the ball and make that happen. But the bracket is going to be... I think it'd be fun to make a t-shirt for Intentionally Bling. I agree. And, you know, we'll leave the back intentionally blank until we come up with a title. Until uh, we come up with a the, better title yeah, for our show. We'll just put in this side of the blank. shirt, such a left. bad
1: ridiculous placeholder.
0: Intentionally blank mm-hmm. because there'll be something there eventually, but I thought on the front we would do a design based on the listener's favorite food heist or bad story idea. And I thought we'd get a bracket of 16 of our favorite of each. Mm-hmm. And then we would do voting each week, narrowing it down till we have the best of the food heists and the best of the bad story ideas where they would duke it out. And then we will- And
1: crown a single winner. Crown a single between winner. Between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what, like make a fake movie poster for fake it? Fake movie poster. That's something awesome. like that. I think, don't you think? that Wouldn't that be fun? I would love to do that. Yeah. I also love, and maybe this is Mm -hmm. cost prohibitive, I would love to just have a shirt for the best food heist and a shirt for the best bad story idea and then just see which one more people wear at cons. That's true. We could do that.
0: My gut says that food heists are going to dominate this, but... We will find out what the best food heist is. So we have our team of experts <laughs> scouring through the old episodes. Dedicated team. Dedicated of team. podcast historians. Podcast historians, yes, finding the timestamps. And the idea will be that we'll release a bracket with seeds, mm-hmm. as we think maybe the strongest will be, which will let us have upsets, which will be fun. Yeah. And then what we will do is we will put one of each every week up for voting. And if we're really on the ball, we'll have the timestamps of the old episodes in a link. So you can go back and re-listen to yeah. our discussion of the food heist and or. Because the newer ones are going to have an advantage, right? And so
1: we don't want just because you... Just because you remember, remember the Gator Ranch. Yes, the Gator Goombas. We don't want you to discount like the Gnocchi Brothers. Yes, exactly. So yeah, we'll do them all. And then these will be decided via like a Reddit poll or... So, some uh Adam, site. how will these be decided? Will it be it'll be
0: a poll that's a link, I assume. Yeah, probably so we'll probably use some kind of bracket system for voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this okay. is this is my plan. And so tune in in 3 weeks when we <laughs> 4 weeks? 4 weeks when four we actually weeks. start I mean, this. Mean tune
1: in all the weeks. Yes. But especially in 4 weeks. In 4 weeks when we get this going. How's that, Ben?